take our Bibles this morning, please turn to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 this morning, please. Uh, so you know, if you've been here in the last uh, several messages from chapter 14, uh, we've been looking at the, the fact that the Lord cares uh, about unity uh, within his churches. Brother Ray, God cares that the people of this church be united uh, in doctrine and practice. And he understands at the same time, as we've seen, that there's going to be little differences and that it, uh, it might take time to get those things sorted out. It, it might take all the all the time we have between here and heaven to get some of these things sorted out, little things. And so uh, in the interest of unity, uh, in the interest of, of unity within our church to be sufficient uh, to allow us, to permit us to carry out God's plan for uh, our church, he says, listen, you, we've seen these things, you, you know what they are. Uh, he says, listen, you're going to have to exercise grace when there's little differences. Uh, he says, choose to exercise grace rather than a critical spirit. We've seen that. He also says, um, when there's little differences, not major things, uh, listen, if, if someone uh, in the church was arguing that there's more than one way to be saved, would that be a little thing? That'd be a big thing. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a little thing. That'd probably be a matter for church discipline if a person wouldn't let that go. That's not a little thing. But where there's little things, where there's little things, uh, Lord says, hey, be gracious. Give them time to come along. Don't, don't be critical or harsh in your criticism. Lord says also, listen, understand there might be differences that have potential to harm the unity in the church regarding what people think is okay to do uh, with it, within the church or, or in, our, in our walk with the Lord. There's going to be some differences in understanding uh, of liberties. Some will think a certain thing is okay. Some don't think a certain thing is okay. Um, Lord says, listen, when that's the case, in the interest of unity, uh, you may choose to lovingly forego exercising that liberty uh, in the interest of not offending someone and not, not harming them spiritually uh, in that offense. Now, here in this chapter, Lord's kind of building up from this theme. Uh, and he summarizes these two kind of bigger ideas that we've seen up to this point with a simple idea that when we choose to be gracious rather than critical, when we choose to forego a liberty uh, so that we don't offend someone, he says that that's lovingly putting the other person first. Amen? That's lovingly putting the other person, person first rather than prioritizing ourselves. He says that's, that's pleasing the other person. That's prioritizing our relationships and our unity over our rights. That can get out of balance sometimes. Sometimes people, people prioritize their rights. I can do what I want. Uh, well, that can get out of whack, out of balance. You prioritize your liberties or your rights over having godly relationships with people in the church. Our relationships can suffer. Our unity uh, can suffer. And when it does, it can be very hard for us to cooperate, to carry out things that God has called us to do. Paul calls this, we'll see this this morning, pleasing one's neighbor. Uh, being willing to put the other person first, pleasing one's neighbor. We'll see that phrase. He says, listen, uh, you'll see this this morning in the passage. He says, you need to understand, 
This is exactly what Christ did. Uh, Christ came not for himself. You understand that? Right? He, came, he came for us. He came for us. He put us ahead of himself, brother. Right? And boy, did he. Did, did the Lord Jesus Christ put himself first? When he, no, he put us. He came for us, right? Say amen. Thank you, Lord, for coming for me. Uh, he gave himself completely for me and for you and for everyone. He obviously put others first. Here's the problem. We're not Christ. <laughs> the ability to do that is a tough thing. And so how can we possibly find the strength, the power in our own lives to do as Christ did, coming and putting others ahead of ourselves uh, in our church, in our ministry, in our lives, uh, so that we can have the kind of unity that Christ wants to have? How can we do that? Uh, I always want to be right. I always want to do what I want to do. I always want to win the argument naturally, pridefully, yeah, that's our, that's our natural inclination. How can we put that off? How can we put that aside and, when appropriate, wisely put the other person first? Well, in this passage, I want you to keep an eye out for several things uh, this morning. Uh, here's an observation that hints at the answer or the solution. Uh, in this chapter, the word God appears 13 times. In this chapter, the word Christ appears 11 times. Uh, in this chapter, the word Jesus appears six times. The word gospel appears four times, Holy Ghost twice and Spirit twice. In 33 verses, the Lord is referenced 34 times. Do you think he might be the answer? He's the answer. We saw that this morning in the Sunday school hour. By the way, if you were here this morning for Sunday school hour, thank you. That's an encouragement to me, and I need to be encouraged. Brother Ray, that's not the, the main reason to come to Sunday school hour, but it does encourage me, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Uh, we saw the, the Lord has power to correct, and he has power to bless uh, when we yield to him. He has power. Lord, help us to get a hold of that idea and to keep a hold of that idea. Uh, he has power to help us to do the things that call Paul, there we go, Paul's been calling us to, the Lord through Paul in this last chapter. Put the other person first. You don't need to win every little battle, just be gracious. We don't need to exercise every little right, be gracious. Be willing to put the other person first in the interest of the unity in the church. Lord, how can I do that? I know Jesus did that, but I'm not Jesus. It's the Lord who makes it possible. We see that here in this chapter. You're going to see here this morning, we're going to look just at the first 13 verses. The Lord says, listen, if, if you'll get into my word, I will minister to you and I will strengthen you to do this thing that I've called you to. He says, if you'll get down on your knees and, and pray to me, uh, I will strengthen you. I'll give you strength to do these difficult things here that, that I've called you to. Uh, the word of God and prayer to God. Brother Ray, it's the answer for almost any problem that we have. The words of God and prayer to God. You're going to see that specifically applied to this issue uh, here this morning. How can I find grace? How can I find strength? How can I find 
power uh, to put my own self aside, to put the other person first, uh, to be gracious, to forego a liberty in the, in the interest of someone else's spiritual growth or spiritual well-being. The Lord makes that possible. Uh, he ministers that to us through his words and through prayer. We'll see that here this morning. Uh, if you're able to, would you stand uh, with me? I want to read this morning just the first 13 or so verses uh, in chapter 15. We'll stop, we'll pray after that, we'll, we'll jump uh, right in here. So Romans 15, uh, beginning verse 1, uh, the Bible says, uh, when, let me try again, we then, there we go, we then that are strong uh, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Uh, read the next uh, phrase with me, the balance of the verse with me, please. And not to please ourselves. Okay, there it is. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. There you go. For even Christ pleased not himself. All right. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and, uh, see this please, comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That, verse 6, or so that you may with one mind, that's unity in the church, having one mind, uh, and one mouth, that's unity within the church, do what? Glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye, all of us, one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith rejoice ye Gentiles with his people and again praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him all ye people. And again, verse 12, Isaiah, that's Isaiah, saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, that's Lord Jesus Christ, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Stop here in verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that or so that ye may abound in hope through the what church power of the holy ghost uh, let's bow our heads please father i thank you this morning that there is power available lord in you to have a unity in our church that glorifies you lord that enables us to cooperate together as you've designed, as you desire to accomplish the purposes that you've given this church, going and sharing the gospel, baptizing the new believer, discipling the saved baptized person. Uh, Lord, thank you for the great purposes that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for the unity that's possible when we obey 
chapter 14 through the power that is available to us in chapter 15. Lord, I see your words being that power. And I see Paul praying for church members that they would know that power. Lord, help us to be a people of your words and of prayer to you. Lord, we need that. I thank you for the privilege of having a Bible and for the privilege of being able to pray. Lord, as we see these thy words this morning, I pray you give us hearts to receive them and to do them. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Good morning. Praise God that he doesn't just tell us what to do, he tells us how to do it. Um, Marilyn, when, when, you, when you've got to accomplish some big thing without instructions, it can be really hard. I watched my wife put together a 500-piece puzzle. There were no instructions that told her how to do that. Uh, you know, there wasn't like step-by-step, step, get part. Wouldn't it be easier if they had numbers on the back? And it would say, hey, grab part one and connect it to part two. That would be awesome. Well, it might not be as much fun. Uh, it might not be as much fun. But, you know, the Lord, Lord doesn't do that to us. He doesn't just give us a box full of instructions uh, about what to do uh, without telling us how to do it. He's a good God. He, he, he's a gracious God. I praise God for that. Uh, he tells us what to do. Uh, hey, be united in your church. He tells us exactly uh, what that will look like, how, how to get there, what's the path to get there. He tells us why, uh, and, and he tells us whose power we're going to do, in, in his power, uh, in his strength, not in our own. He tells us what to do, why to do it, uh, and how to do it. He's a good God. Is all that available to us in the Bible, church? It, it is. We're not left wondering what would the Lord have us to do, or why to do that, or how to do that. He tells us. All you need to do is op open your Bible uh, and see these things. Uh, it's the beginning of the year. I've, I've mentioned a couple of times uh, reading through the Bible in a year. Uh, that, that's a good idea. It doesn't have to be a year. It could be two years. You go at your pace, but have a plan. Uh, have a plan. We're getting ahead to applications. Uh, have a plan. Look with me uh, back in uh, verse 1, please. Give you th uh, three big points this morning. Uh, number one, we are called to please our neighbors. We are called to put the other person first. Uh, as, as we've said several times this morning already. Uh, if we're going to have the unity in our church, in this assembly that God wants us to have, we're going to have to be willing to put the other person first. Uh, you saw verses 1 and 2, but see it again, please. We then that are strong spiritually uh, ought to, this is the, it's not, well, you, you kind of sort of should do this. This is, this, is a, this is a command. We ought to bear uh, the infirmities uh, of the week, encouraging them. Uh, listen, there, there's people uh, in any church, there's, there's people who are relatively less mature spiritually and people that are relatively more mature uh, spiritually. It'd be great if everyone was perfectly mature, but uh, none of us is. Amen? No, anybody here perfectly spiritually mature yet? Anybody? Remember that. <laughs> Amen? Are you more mature today than you were a few years ago? Be thankful for that. Uh, but, but also be patient uh, and, and gracious towards them who haven't got quite to where you are yet. Be willing to put that person first to encourage their growth 
rather than to criticize them and to do things that will offend them that might discourage them. I don't know about you, but I want to encourage people to grow. Amen? Brother, that's my desire. Now, sometimes you know, people hear pastors preaching hard, preaching against sin, and you know, they think, oh, that's not very encouraging. Well, no, that's intended to encourage people. Lord, give us hearts to encourage each other, not to critically tear each other down, uh, understanding that, hey, if I'm, if I'm going to do that, if, I, if I'm going to forego liberties so that they're not offended and discouraged, I'm going to have to be willing to put them first. Let us, verse 2, every one of us please his neighbor. Put that guy first, that lady, that young person. Please his neighbor for his good to edification uh, so that, that person can grow in their walk with the Lord so that they'll be encouraged uh, in their walk with the Lord. Uh, I've said this morning, and I think you've already seen that, this is exactly what Christ did. He came, uh, certainly he came, uh, putting us before himself. He came uh, willing to lay down his life so that we could know spiritual uh, life, e eternal life. He, he literally came and, and gave himself up completely uh, for us, for, for our salvation. Uh, this is exactly what he did. He came putting everyone else ahead of himself. Verse 3, for even Christ pleased not himself. Uh, aren't you glad for the example of your Savior? You glad for that? Um, you know, we read the Gospels for a, a variety of reasons, and we spend time studying through the Gospels for a variety of reasons. But I, I encourage you, when, when you read through the Gospels and you're studying the life and ministry of Christ, study his example. What, what, what does he model out? Marilyn, I, I know that I can't, I can't live that example. I can't kind of take up Christ's life and ministry as a template for myself in my own strength, right? Because I don't have it. But I can study his example, his ministry, and, and, and lessons from his life. Uh, and then I can look to him for power and strength to try as best I can in his strength to conform my life to that template that I, that I study uh, throughout the Gospels. Uh, you're reading the Gospels this year, I hope you will, uh, study the examples that, that you can find in Christ's life. Don't be discouraged about the space between where you are and, and where he is. That's, that's where you pray and that's where you look to him for strength to kind of close that gap, to grow, uh, to grow. I don't know about you, but I want to grow this year. Do you want to grow this year spiritually? Is that a goal that you have? I want to grow this year. Uh, Lord, help me. I, 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 help me to yield to you, to be prayerful, to be in your word. That's, those are going to be themes today. But I know that as I do that, I'm the pastor. I'm going to grow this year. Lord, help me to be yielded to you. I'm going to grow this year. Uh, I want to be more mature spiritually at the end of this year than I was at the end of last year. And I want to encourage you uh, to have the same goal. Lord, give me a heart to grow this year. I'm not done growing yet. Uh, raise your hand if you're not done growing yet. Put it down if you're all grown up already. Christ pleased not himself, verse 3, but as it is written, remember grammatically, as it was written, as it is written, as it's always going to be written, this is the doctrine of preservation of God's words uh, bundled up nicely grammatically. As it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee uh, fell on me. That's Psalm 69, 9. Uh, Christ came according to all of the prophecies of Isaiah and the Psalms and everywhere else 
that we see, the zeal of thine health, house, Psalm 69, 9, hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. Uh, Christ didn't come for his own glory. He came to accomplish uh, our salvation. Now, I understand in the end he's glorified in that. I praise, I praise him for that, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But he came for us. Even Christ, please not himself, put others before himself. Uh, he endured all the indignity of coming and, and being born and growing up and all that he suffered on, en route to the cross, the indignity of the cross, and all the things that he experienced, putting himself second, putting us first, being willing to put others first for our great spiritual benefit. Um, He's called us to the same. Now, I'll say again this morning, obviously we know this, none of us is Christ. I don't have the power in myself to put others first the way I should. By the way, do you struggle with that at times? Do you struggle with that at times? I want to be first. <laughs> I want to be right. I want to, I want to argue and win the arguments. I want to exercise all of my rights that I have biblically. That's, the nat that's, that's natural. Lord's called us to something supernatural. He's called us to something supernatural. Brother, our, I'm going to need his power and his strength to put others before myself. We can. Uh, we can. Two sources, we've said them several times this morning, the word of God uh, and prayer to God. Number two this morning, the power to please others, the power to put others first uh, is found, um, we see here first in scripture, in scripture, um, in scripture. If you want peas this morning, I'll give you some peas. Number one, we're called to please, there's first P, uh, our neighbor. Number two, the power to do that is found in, in Scripture or the precepts of God, the precepts of God, the words of God. There's second P. Look at verse four with me, please. For whatsoever things were written uh, aforetime uh, were written for our learning, uh, our instruction, uh, that or so that we... Uh, through patience and comfort, read the next three words with me, please, of the scriptures might have what? Hope. You may look at that and say, hey, <clears throat> I'm not sure, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure exactly how patience and comfort of the scriptures and hope factors into this equation. Um, well, consider this. Um, in order to put someone first, uh, you're going to have to, someone else first, uh, someone before ourselves, that's going to require some patience, amen? Uh, in order to have the kind of unity that Lord's been calling us to in, in Romans 14, uh, it's going to require some patience with people. Uh, in, in order to uh, forego the natural inclination to be really critical and argumentative when someone's a little different than I am in my understanding, that's going to require some patience, uh, in order to be willing to put off a liberty so that I don't offend someone and discourage them in their walk with the Lord, that's going to require me to be patient with that person because I know what the Bible permits me to do and what it doesn't permit me to do. Um, that's going to require some patience. What about comfort? <clears throat> you ever get <clears throat> you ever get a scratchy throat? <laughs> 
You ever get frustrated with people? Church? Everybody's looking down. No way, Pastor. Some are going like this. Some are going like this, but not, not like this. Some are going like this. Yeah. That's discomforting. It's upsetting. What's the answer? The Bible says I can find patience and comfort in the scriptures. Do you look to the word of God for patience and comfort? Paul writes, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, our instruction, that or so that we, through patience and comfort of or from the scriptures, might have what? Hope. Sometimes I think we struggle with each other and we think, oh, you know, we're, we're never going to be in agreement about this thing or that thing. Uh, well, you know, we talk about it, we study, and we sometimes if, if, if you're not careful, if you don't stand guard, you think there's no hope for us to be united in this area or that area. Uh, we're just going to be messed up forever, and we'll probably never be able to accomplish all that God has for us to accomplish because we just can't, can't put aside our differences long enough to just do what God's called us to do. We start to lose a little bit of hope. The Lord says, no, <laughs> listen, uh, we're not having that. You're going to you're going to stay united the way I've called you to, and you're going to find the patience and comfort that you need to stay hopeful for that unity and hopeful enough to, to stay focused on things that I have for you by keeping a Bible open. Uh, at home, I've started to keep my Bible open. That might be a good idea. I want to keep it open, Brother Gary, as a constant visual reminder that I need to be in there. Think about that. Mine's open. Um, maybe someone will come along and read it. That's okay, too. Amen? Um, keep my Bible open now as a reminder that I'm supposed to be in there. It's not just to look at. Amen? We're called to be in there. We, through patience and comfort of Scripture, might have hope. I'll praise God this morning for the hope that we find in God's words. In Psalm 119, verse 81, the Bible says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Uh, in Psalm 119, verse 74, the psalmist says, I have hoped in thy word. Uh, here's a verse that you might know. Psalm 119 and verse 114, uh, the psalmist is, is praying uh, to the Lord. That's who you pray to. Amen. He says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield i hope in thy word lord help us to find everything that we need from you in your words do you believe this morning that the word of god is sufficient is it do you believe the word of god is sufficient if you found it to be sufficient does, does it answer all the questions we have? Does it solve all the spiritual, emotional, practical problems? It, it does. Uh, I, I, have, I have no doubt about that this morning. The Word of God is absolutely sufficient. The problem is we don't take full advantage of it the way, the way we should. We don't, we're not constantly in there feeding on it and chewing on it and meditating on it and getting it down into our hearts and up into our brains and uh, and finding the strength that we need 
Uh, and yeah, finding the patience that we need to, uh, to exercise the, the things of verse 14 and the comfort that we need to exercise the things of verse 14 uh, and the hope that we need to exercise the things of verse 14 and the power to do all of that because we're simply not in there uh, feeding on the words of God the way we should. Um, if you didn't eat food, I was going to say if you didn't eat food, you wouldn't be Baptist. But you wouldn't be alive for long either, would you? If you didn't eat once in a while, you would not have much physical strength. Amen? By the way, fasting is a biblical practice. And is it ironic that there is great power available to believers when we fast and pray? That's, that's New Testament biblical practice. Putting that aside for a moment, if we didn't eat once in a while, uh, we'd be pretty weak physically lot of the time. How can we expect to be strong spiritually if we're not feeding upon the words of God through which God intends to strengthen us? You just can. You just can. Lord, help us. New year, new habit, be in the word. Maybe you've made that habit already. Praise God. Uh, if you have a habit of being in the Bible every day in a meaningful way, uh, already. Just take a moment and say, Lord, thank you. You helped me to do that. And sure enough, I know that there's patient comfort and hope available in the word of God. And you know what? I, I know there's a power available from you as I yield to you to accomplish these things that you've called us to in uh, verses four, uh, chapter 14, chapter 15. Um, and, and so I know I'm doing my part to encourage the unity uh, that our church so desperately needs to accomplish your purpose. You say, you say all that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Uh, if not, let's get a hold of these things this morning and uh, ask the Lord to help us to apply these things in, in the most practical way. Um, does this matter? Does it matter? Would you go on a quick tour with me, please? You have your Bible open? Would you, you have it open? Could we go on a quick whirlwind tour? Is that okay? Is it good? Okay. Would you go to Psalm 133 and verse 1? Psalm 133. Psalm 133, verse 1. Quick whirlwind tour. We'll give you a little bit of a workout this morning. Um, please. Psalm 133, verse 1. Are you there? Psalm 133, verse 1, Song of Degrees of David. He writes, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? What does it say? Yeah, back in the Psalms, uh, the Lord is giving David uh, words regarding the importance of unity. How good in God's eyes and how pleasant uh, it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is God's desire. Uh, this is God's plan. I'm going to give you Romans 12, verse 16, but I want you to flip ahead to 1 Corinthians 1. You go to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. Uh, as you're turning there, listen. Romans 12 and verse 16. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low state. Be not wise uh, in your own conceits. God cares about our unity, and he cares enough to show us how to be uh, united. Are you at 1 Corinthians 1? Are you there? We'll see for flipping. 
Now you're going to flip quietly. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions. What's no divisions? That's unity uh, among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together uh, in the same mind and in the same judgment. Over and over and over again, we're commanded uh, to do that. Flip ahead to Ephesians 4 and, and verse 2. Uh, here's, here's part of... The, the Lord's prescription to achieve that. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 2, uh, Paul's letter to the church members at uh, Ephesus. Ephesians 4 uh, and verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, uh, with long suffering. Uh, by the way, that, that sounds like patience. Uh, that sounds like willingness to, it alludes to willingness to put others first. Uh, if I'm being lowly and meek, I'm, I'm being willing to kind of humble myself before others, to put others first uh, with long-suffering, uh, forbearing one another. That's patience, uh, and it's love, forbearing one another in love. Verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond uh, of peace. Lord, help me to be lowly and meek and long-suffering uh, with my church family, forbearing one another, uh, understanding that doing that uh, is love. That, that is one of the ways that you want us to exercise love uh, one toward another. And praise God. He'd love to hear a prayer like that. Um, one more. Uh, Philippians 2 and verse 1, please. Philippians 2 and verse 1. Philippians 2 and verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy. What does it say? Like-minded. Does it say that? Having the same love, does it say that? Being of what? One accord of one mind. That's unity. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on what? What does it say? His own things, but every man also on things of... Lord, help us be willing to put others first. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. He says, listen, go, go back to our passage, please. Um, Romans 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Lord will minister to us. The Holy Spirit will minister to us through the words of God, that which we need to do the things that he's called us to. That's a, that's a general principle. You can count on that. What God's called us to do, he'll minister power and strength and, and his way to accomplish that through his words. The practices that he's called us to in, in chapter 14 to maintain the unity that he's called us to in this church is, is gonna, it's going to be accomplished as we feed on his word. Lord, give us a heart to be in your words. Give us a heart to have a, a place and a time that we spend in your word each day. 
uh, Lord, give us, a, give us a plan. Help us to have a plan uh, to do that. Um, help us to have your instruction book open every day that we find the way and the power to accomplish the things that you would have us to accomplish. The, the Bible is his instruction book, and it's how he ministers to us the power to accomplish these things. So we have a, we have a command, number one, to please our neighbor, to put our neighbor first. We have two ways that we could find uh, all that we need to do that. First thing is to be in the Bible, finding the patience and comfort and hope and power and strength that we need to accomplish that. Uh, and then lastly, the third P this morning, you already know what it is, it's prayer. Um, and I don't, I don't have a, um, uh, a command, I don't see in this passage, Brother Steve, a command to be praying about these things, but I see Paul's example of praying regarding these things for the church. Who's Paul writing here to initially, Zach? Who, who's, he's writing to a church at Rome, right? I understand that, that that's how God gave his words so often. Uh, he's, he's writing to the members of a church at Rome uh, for them and, and, and by extension for us also. Uh, the, Paul prayed for the members of that church, and you can see that constantly. You, you read uh, the epistles that Paul had uh, him to write to the churches and, and, and to Timothy. He's always praying for everybody, uh, whether they were, you know, perfectly holy, righteous people who were good to him or not. He's always uh, praying for everyone. What a wonderful example. Uh, what a wonderful example. Uh, the power to please others, to put them first rather than ourselves. Yep, it's found in the precepts of God, his words, scripture, the Bible, but also in prayer uh, to God. Now look at verse 5. Uh, look at verse 5. Would you read this verse with me, please, uh, aloud? Now, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Keep going. That ye may... With one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That sounds like a prayer to me. That sounds like a prayer to me. Uh, that's his desire. I wouldn't just say to you, hey, I hope that God will give you patience and consolation. I might say that, but then I would pray for it. Amen. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like my... That's a prayer. Maybe not structured exactly the way we might say a prayer, but that at least alludes to the fact that he's praying that for them. Paul was a man who had a Bible open, and he was a man who prayed. He was a man who read the words of God, and he was a man who prayed words to God. Lord, help us to be the same, to be people of your words uh, and, and people uh, who, as we spend time in your word, meditating and being instructed by it and strengthened by it, uh, that, that it would motivate us to speak back to you. That's what Paul did. By the way, didn't Christ have a great prayer ministry? He's God the Son, brother Art, and, and he was always praying to God the Father. He's God the Son, and he's always praying. He had great prayer ministry. So did Paul. What did he pray? Well, he prayed the Lord, who is the source of patience and comfort, would help 
uh, the church members at Rome to be like-minded. The God of patience and consolation. What does it mean to say someone is the God, well, God the Father is the God of this uh, and that? It means he's the source of these things. It means that he, uh, to say that uh, God the Father is the God of patience means he's the source of it. He's the one that gives power and strength to be patient with each other, to have enough patience uh, to be willing and able to put the other person first when, you know, you, you just know they're doing wrong or saying wrong or, Lord, help us. Yeah, that's what Paul's saying we should do. Pray. God, you're the God of patience. You're a God who can help me to be long-suffering and patient. Lord, my natural inclination is to go after that person because they're doing wrong and saying wrong. Uh, they think I'm doing wrong and saying wrong. Lord, help me to be gracious and to forego liberties that might affect that person's growth. God, you're the God of patience. Lord, comfort me. This whole situation is discomforting. It's upsetting. You ever pray that? God, I'm upset. You ever pray that? You ever, have you ever been upset? You ever get upset? I said to someone recently, we're just angry all the time. <laughs> I wonder who that was. Uh, Lord, help us not be upset. Help, help us to bring our cares and concerns to you. He's the God of consolation. He's the God of comfort. He's the God of patience. I am not that. He is. His words minister patience and consolation, comfort and hope to us. Paul's praying that they would know that. He prays that the God of patience and consolation would grant them, uh, grant you to be what? Like-minded, of the same mind one toward another, according to Christ Jesus. He has a purpose for that. That, verse 6, you may with one mind and one mouth. That, that Those are poetic pictures of unity. Glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I know that we can't accomplish the Great Commission through our church unless we have a unity. That unity is available to us as we look to the words of God and we, and we pray to God. I understand that, but if we'll do that, we can have a unity sufficient to accomplish God's purposes for this church. But uh, when we do that, he is also glorified. How is he glorified? Brother Ray, I, I, churches can't stay united enough to carry out God's purposes unless God is working in that church, in the individuals and in the church corporately to accomplish that. When you have that kind of unity and God's purposes are being accomplished, that glorifies God. It necessarily points to him because it ain't possible any other way. Amen? Pardon my bad grammar, Brother Hart. It's not possible any other way. You can accomplish some things or, 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 you know, look to be accomplishing some things, but to really be accomplishing that which God has for us to truly be accomplishing requires a God-fueled unity that is only possible by him, through him, 
his words and prayer to him. When that exists in a church like this, he is glorified. So these things matter. This, this matters. I mentioned this morning that um, Jesus had a great prayer ministry. Um, I don't know if you realize this or if you, you recognize this before, but he prayed a lot about unity amongst believers. I want to just see a little bit of that and we'll close, okay? W would you turn to John 17? Would you go there, please? John 17. There's such a thing for the Lord that he, he prayed a lot about unity amongst believers. Um, I want you to see John 17, 11. The context is that the disciples had been arguing about who would be greatest. Can you believe it? Brother Garcia, I say, can you believe it? But, you know, if we were the disciples, who knows, right? Who, who knows? They've been arguing over who would be greatest. So Jesus prays, uh, John 17, 11. You see where it says, Holy Father? Okay, Holy Father. Read with me, please. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be what? One as we are. Listen, that's, that's a big prayer. Uh, we recently, on Wednesday night, looked at the, the fact that we, we can and should pray big prayers. Sometimes we don't have the faith that God can answer big prayers, and so we don't pray big prayers. You, you got any, anything you'd like to see God do this year that's really big? You got anything like that? Sometimes we don't pray that because we don't think God can actually do that, that he can or will. He can, and if it's his will, he will. Amen? He can, and if it's his will, he will, so pray it. No reason not to. You got some big things you want to see God do this year? Pray, Lord, if it's your will, please accomplish this, this big thing. Why do I say that? Jesus is praying a really big prayer there. Uh, he says, Lord, give these people the kind of unity that we know within the Trinity, within the triune Godhead. How much unity do you think there exists between God the Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit there in, in the Godhead? How, much, how perfect a unity is there? Well, perfect. Totally, 100%, unadulterated, perfectly pure unity. There's no disagreement at all. They're absolutely, perfectly united on every little thing, all the time, forever, no matter what. Jesus says, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be what? One as we are. That's a really big prayer. Jesus prayed really big prayers. He prayed about unity. Uh, look at verse 20, please. Jesus prayed, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Pray for people who would be saved. That they all may be what? One. One is unity. Oneness in the Bible is unity. That they may all be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one. Even as we are, that's a really big 
prayer. I and them and thou and me that they may be made perfect in unity. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. That's a really big prayer. Jesus prayed a lot for unity. Paul wrote a lot as he was led of the Holy Spirit about unity within churches. That's God's desire. Jesus, do you think the Lord would have spent time praying for that unless it was really important? I don't think so. Would he have prayed it that many? No, it's really important to the Lord. Verse 7, last back in our passage, and we will stop here. Romans 15, 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Listen, unity in churches matters. Lord desires that we all have a perfect understanding and apply it exactly as he desires, but he knows we're, we're not going to get there perfectly this side of heaven. Lord, Jesus prayed for it. So we're going to have to be gracious rather than tearing each other down. We're going to have to forego some of our rights or liberties in the interest of relationships so that we can accomplish what Lord wants us to accomplish. Lord says, listen, if you want to have strength to do this, if you want to have patience and comfort and hope sufficient to accomplish this unity, you're going to have to be in the Bible. You're going to have to be praying. You have to take advantage of the precepts of God and, and prayer to God. And if you'll do that, you'd accomplish what I have for you to accomplish, and I'll be glorified. The Lord will be glorified. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, I've said this many times, I'll say it again. Um, the idea that we could make choices to obey and to do things, things God's way, the fact that we have the privilege to choose that and in that choice to glorify God, we can make choices that bring glory to God. Brother Art, he's perfectly glorious, but I can glorify him by making choices to obey him. The outcome of those choices as God works in our life, bring him glory. We can make choices that glorify God. That's a pretty big privilege. Agreed? Does unity in our church matter? It does. It's hugely important. Is it hard at times? The answer is yes. Yes. But God's given us the answers. He's given us the way everything that we need. He's given us his words. He's given us prayer. He's given us very specific biblical formula. Be in the Bible, seeking, be in prayer, seeking patience, grace, comfort, strength, hope. And then be patient with each other. Be gracious. Forego liberties that would offend and discourage okay be united ask the Lord to work in that unity to help us accomplish his purposes listen I have no doubt that if we'll take up these things in a very practical way God can use this little church even 
more than he has in this past year. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you desire that? Really? Do you really desire that? Me too. Me too. Let's pray to that end. Let's bow our heads, please. Father, we thank you this morning for your words, every one of them, so important, so powerful. Lord, my words have no power, but yours have great power. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for the heart we have to accomplish great things for you. Despite the fact that we're few in numbers, Lord, I know this morning that you can use a few to accomplish great things. Lord, that's our prayer. Father, I know this morning that to accomplish all that you have for us, reaching people, baptizing people, discipling people, conducting ministry we'll have to be on the same page we'll need to be united we'll need to be in agreement Father if we've been impatient with one another I pray you give us hearts to confess that this morning seek you for patience Lord if we've not been willing to forego liberties that are offensive to some that discourage them pray you give us hearts to confess that this morning and look to you for strength to do just that Father if we've allowed little disagreements to discomfort us or to harm our hope I pray Lord that you show us that give us hearts to confess that Lord give us hearts to get back into your word where you minister comfort and patience and hope to us most supernaturally Lord if we've not been prayerful the way we should be We know our unity will not be what it should be. Give us hearts to confess that. Lord, help us to look to you for strength, for grace, to pray as we should. Lord, help us to be of one mind and one mouth that we might glorify you with unity in our church. Give you a moment to pray. We'll close. Father, I love you this morning. Thank you for the power of your words. Thank you for the power of prayer. Lord, we know it's your power in both cases. We pray all of this in thy son's name.
Amen. I want to add one thing uh, as we close here. I won't belabor this. Um, we know there's other biblical components to the formula for unity, um, such as the Lord's command uh, to go to someone who, who has offended you and work that out. Um, brother, I'm not aware that I've offended anyone this morning, but uh, I'll just say this morning, if you have any issues with your pastor, come and tell him, okay? Never, never my heart to offend anyone, but if I, if I ever do, if I have or if I ever do, you come and talk to me about that. If you have some issue or concern, um, maybe it's not even an offense, it's an issue or a concern, you come to me. Don't let, don't let that be a problem between us. Don't let, don't let things like that be uh, opportunities for the devil to harm our unity. If we have issues with each other, we can talk to each other. Amen? Okay, good. Zach, you come, please. All right, let's stand as we turn to number 353. Number 353, we'll sing the first and the last of Saved, Saved. Number 353. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I'd love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace can do for you. Saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved, saved, saved. And alas, when poor and needy and all alone in love he said to me, Come on to me, and I'll lead you home to live with me eternally. Saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet, and my joy is complete, for I'm saved, saved, saved. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, I pray that nothing would prevent us from coming back this evening. We pray to be with Brother Luke even now as he prepares his message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I, I shall stand. I shall go.